0: I am Brooklyn-based psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, and I am your host of Black Therapist Podcast, formerly of Black in Therapy. Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face. We're dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Black Therapist Podcast, or you can follow us on our Facebook fan page at Black in Therapy, or my fan page at Nikita Banks LMSW. You can email us fan mail, general feedback, and show suggestions at Black Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. You can sign up for our mailing list at Black Therapist Podcast.com. Tweet, share, like, leave us comments on. On whatever platform you listen to us at, whether it be SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Music, Stitcher, etc. We are wherever podcasts are found. Okay, so on today's show, we have a re- recurring guest, right? Your returning guest, Kim Knight. Hi, Nick. Thank you. And Kim is a licensed mental health counselor in private practice here in Long Island, New York. But she is also author of Relationship Recipes, a guide for creating happy, healthy relationships that last. So welcome, Kim. Uh,
1: thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: So uh, it's Valentine's Day is coming, and I know that people are thinking of ways to improve their relationships. So what made you write the book?
1: Well, um, basically, it's, it's kind of interesting how it all came about. I was, before I became a therapist, I was actually a I'm a certified life coach, and part of the final training was to create a presentation on a topic, and I was trying to figure out what topic I wanted to do. I was going back and forth with a whole bunch of things, and then I decided, you know what, let me create something around a topic that I'm pretty familiar with, and I've been in my marriage now going on 23 years. We've been together for almost 30 years. So at that time, I had been in a relationship for a very long time, and I said, you know what, I'm going to create something around relationships, and just really focus on main topics that I think are important, and share some of the things that have worked for me in my relationship. And I did a presentation, it was PowerPoint, it was very creative, very nice, and then afterwards, I had a couple people come up to me and say, you know what, this would be a really good idea for a book. And that was over 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago, I'll say. And then it isn't until last year that I finally went ahead and self-published. And here it is now, an actual book on relationships. And since then, I've become a therapist, so I've had a lot of work done hands-on with clients and have an even better understanding of how things work. And I just put it together in a book. So that's, that's how it came about.
0: Okay. So in your your relationship of nearly 30 years, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a really long time to be with someone. Um, I think the, the longest marriage... Long as marriages I have around me are like fifty years, which is it's, it's, that's a life, that's a whole lifetime. So, I mean, what are the keys to keeping your relationship fresh and new and ongoing? Well,
1: I think it's important to remember that no relationship is perfect, and that every um, marriage, relationship, partnership goes through its trials and tribulations. You have good seasons, you have bad seasons, but I think what really holds it together nine times out of ten is the commitment. Um, you know, when you're committed to something, it's not always going to be convenient, right? I always tell my clients, commitment is not convenient, <laughs> nor is it always comfortable, nor is it always cute. So, you know, when times get difficult and you really find yourself in the trenches and you're going through something, you're going through a bad season in your relationship, it's that commitment that really has to kick in and be able to pull you through, because there's going to be days where you're going to love your partner, and there's going to be days where you can't stand them. And same holds true for my partner, for my husband. There are days that he loves me, and I'm sure that there are days that he can't stand me. But you kind of work together, work through things together. Um, all relationships require attention, and being able to pay attention, having self-awareness, recognizing how you impact the other person, I think those are um you know, a few of uh, many things that you can do to help maintain and create a long lasting relationship.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in, in my in, in my experience and in my relationships, being introspective is, is really hard for people to do in any aspect of their growth, but it's necessary. And so just <laughs> I remember having, I don't know if it was a dispute, but I remember being with my partner one day and we were going through a few things and i said something to him i don't remember what it was but maybe it was like i don't know pass me the the cheese or whatever it was but uh he repeated He was like, excuse me, can you repeat what you just said? And I was like, okay, and I repeated it again. And then he was like, could you, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Could you repeat it again? But he's in the room with me. So by the third time he asked me to repeat it, I realized that he was getting me to repeat it because he didn't like how I was talking to him and he wanted me to hear myself.
1: Yep, self-awareness. That's that self-awareness piece and recognizing how you say things and what you say. And what kind of effect is it really having on the other person? And if it's going to get the result that you're looking for, right?
0: And so I said to him, oh, you don't like how I'm saying it? And he was like, no, I figured if you heard yourself, you would, like, figure it out.
1: Yep, self-awareness. That's that self-awareness piece and recognizing how you say things and what you say. And what kind of effect is it really having on the other person? And if it's going to get the result that you're looking for, right?
0: And it was kind of, it was hard for me to like process, but it was better than him jumping down my throat and saying, you know what, you're talking to me, X, Y, Z, whatever. But I like, I recognized, oh, he doesn't like my tone. Oh, okay.
1: That's good. That's good. So that's a good tool that now you and he can create it. And I always say relationships need rules and tools, right? So that's a good tool that you could have created among yourselves where he's able to stop the process before it gets, or either one of you can stop it by asking the other person to repeat it so that you can acknowledge the fact that it may have been able to be said in a different way. And, um, you know, and you avoid, like you said, escalation and getting into spaces where there's just no nothing of. Up- Productive coming
0: out of conversation. Yeah, what I I really like that he also gave me the opportunity to hear myself and correct myself rather than belittling me or calling me names or it escalating escalating to another thing. Because if he would have done it any other way, I probably would have been defensive. Right, and then I was able to acknowledge, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm tired. This isn't about you. I really I, I'm sorry. Because if he doesn't care, if he didn't do it, then why? would he not do it? Why would he deny her of something she's asking of him if he doesn't care about it? So just do it if it's going to make her happy. And I'm not sure if that was what was at play with, with me, but um, there was an incident where I was at his house and his friends were there and he had went to work. And he was like, if you're going to walk around the house with the friends being there, at least take your hair down. Because I'd be in the house with a scarf on. I'm a I'm a, I'm a hood chick from Brooklyn. And he said, just take your, take your hair down. And I was like, why do I have to walk around, you know, f- fully made up with your friends here? But he's, you know, I thought about it. Like he wants your friends, his friends to see that you're an attractive woman and that you're pulled together. And if you're going to walk around the house around his friends, like you represent him. So just pull your hair down. So immediately at first, my thought was to not do it because like, why should I? <laughs> but because that's just me but and then I spoke to my friends and my friends re reinforced my bad behavior and they were like well that was his friends and why should you and I was like you know what I, what difference does it make to me that I put that I take my scarf off and comb my hair to walk around the house if I'm going to walk around the house with his friends and like you know not wear my bed clothes like really get dressed if I'm going to be around a bunch of men so I just did it
1: that's a that's a really good example of, of another thing that I ask clients sometimes is, because in that case, you really want it to kind of be right. Like, you know, this is the way I want to do it. This is how I do it. And it's the right way for me. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, well, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? <laughs> and Sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes you may want to be right but know that there's going to be, you know, consequences to that. You might end up in a fight and an argument and, you know, walking away feeling angry and mad and disgusted. Or sometimes you just might say, you know what, I don't need to be right. I just want to be happy. And if this is going to create a happy situation and it's not really any skin off my back and it's not something that, like you said, I care one way or the other about doing, then why not just go ahead and do it because, you know, I choose happiness over over everything. I try to, at least, most times.
0: <laughs> so Yeah, that relationship, it, it it teaches me, but it taught me a lot of things. Um, but his parents also had been married for 35 years before they divorced, which was a weird thing. But they had been married for 35 years, so I think that he kind of knew a different way of communicating than I had been used to. I had been used to fighting. A lot and we we just we didn't we we don't do that as much, um so yeah i I do appreciate him, and even times where I would want to fight <laughs> where there wasn't much of a fight or shouldn't have been much of a fight, I remember watching Dr. Phil, which I have all kind of issues with, but Dr. Phil said once that he learned that if it's something that was important to his wife that he either didn't care about or that wasn't all that important to him, then he would just do it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I think in all fairness, you know, at the end of the day, you know, who teaches us how to be in relationships, right? <laughs> it's not usually something that we, you know, are. we're taught, but we're not taught in a way that is often healthy. We're taught based on our experiences. We carry with us um, what we've experienced, what we've learned, what we've seen into our adult lives, into our adult relationships, and oftentimes we just do what we know. Um, now, when you know better, you hope that you do better, but sometimes getting to that space of learning how to do better takes a lot of time. Sometimes we have to go through a lot of hurt and a lot of pain, but, you know, when people are showing up in, in, in a counterproductive way, it's often just based off of what they've been taught and how they've learned to be in relationships, based off of their own um, childhood experiences and what they've seen experienced so like you said fighting was, was one way I, you know I would think that that may have been something that you had experienced growing up so it's, the, it's what you knew and it's not until you learn that it doesn't really work or that it doesn't work as well as you would like or that there are better ways where you don't have to use that approach that then you're able to now open yourself up to learning new ways of being in relationships
0: mm-hmm. yeah right But I think that that's the thing. I think that most people don't have the end result in mind when it comes to relationships. They just do things just because they do things. Um, A girlfriend of mine, she is in a transition period with a a gentleman who actually moved out of town. And recently she's going there now. So I asked if she was going to see him. And what she told me was, well, you know, he's been acting funny and he's been acting like this. And I was like, do you want to see him? And she was like, well... Um, yeah, I don't know, but my pride, I said, listen, you can have your pride or you can have what you want. Now, if what you want is to see him, then you need to put your pride aside and just let him know that you're going to be here, be there. And whatever happens from there happens, but you can have your pride or you can have what you want, but I want what I want more than I want my pride. And so she was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll think about it. And then, you know, as soon as she hit him up, he was very happy to hear from her. So, I mean, I kind of like use that to dictate myself I, I ask myself okay do I want to see him or do I want to be mad do I want to be happy or do I want to be be mad because sometimes just holding on to those feelings of of anger and resentment it doesn't help you get what you really really want a lot of times I don't and I don't know if, you know maybe you can expound on this I find that women that I'm counseling and women in my personal life are just normally genuinely emotionally dishonest
1: yeah yeah well, I think in all fairness, you know, at the end of the day, you know, who teaches us how to be in relationships, right? <laughs> it's not usually something that we, you know, are. We're taught, but we're not taught in a way that is often healthy. We're taught based on our experiences. We carry with us um, what we've experienced, what we've learned, what we've seen into our adult lives, into our adult relationships, and oftentimes we just do what we know. Um, Now, when you know better, you hope that you do better, but sometimes getting to that space of learning how to do better takes a lot of time. Sometimes we have to go through a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. But, you know, when people are showing up in in a counterproductive way, it's often just based off of what they've been taught and how they've learned to be in relationships based off of their own um, childhood experiences and what they've seen experienced. So like you said, fighting was was one way, you know, I would think that that may have been something that you had experienced growing up. So it's it's what you knew. And it's not until you learn that it doesn't really work or that it doesn't work as well as you would like or that there are better ways where you don't have to use that approach that then you're able to now open yourself up to learning new ways of being in relationships.
0: Like, Like we do things that are counterproductive to the things that we say we want. We love him. We want to be with him, but we're passive aggressive. We love him. We want to be with him. He cheated, but we still keep bringing it, up, bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. Instead of like dealing with the hurt and the pain and doing the work and walking, you know, working through it and then going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, we listen, we do what we know. Yeah. And you know what? I never really
0: thought about it, but. In my mother father relationships, fighting was predominant um and in my my stepfather's in my mother's relationship, fighting was predominant and when I say fighting, I don't mean like physical fighting, although some of that occurred in my my real parents, like my birth parents' um situation, although I was too young to even remember any of that stuff but in my um my stepfather and my mother were together when I was like two. So he's like been around the longest. My mother's very passive aggressive. She just always has been. But the, the most of my relationships I learned about from men who I dated who usually wanted to get one over on me. So it, I, I, I was trained on the job Um, in my relationships. And it helped me to formulate the way that I saw relationships as adversarial because somebody was always trying to get something over on me rather than loving me and treating me me properly. So yeah, this relationship was completely different from what I had been used to dealing with. And it was nice to kind of not have to tussle or like, you know, always be combative in that relationship. It was, it was very nice. Yeah. So, um, book we were going to talk more about <laughs> about your book you know we started talking about our relationships then things start to because that was like a breakthrough for me i really didn't i didn't really think how much fighting mattered in my relationship mm,
1: interesting yeah i mean we listen we do what we know <laughs> we we can't that's what we can do so it, it often isn't something that is conscious it's just that we've been you know programmed in subconsciously and we pick up on things that we see and we experience and and then we just take it with us. Um, And that goes for most of us. I mean, we all have things in our childhood. And like I said, there's no manual, there's no master manual on how to be in a relationship.
0: (laughs) Well, until you wrote it.
1: well, right. Except for mine, of course. No, I'm just kidding. But (laughs) we, but you know, even our parents, you know, we're trying to figure it out as they went along. So they've made mistakes, and they only did what they knew. And, you know, and we can always go back in history and time and understand how slavery, slavery has played a role in our relationships and how, you know, it's evolved and generational traumas and stuff like that. I mean, all of that has impacted how we are in our relationships today. Um, but hopefully as time goes on and we have more conversations like this, and we create more platforms and more resources for, you know, for us to be able to figure things out and do better, then hopefully as time goes on, our relationships will improve as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I find that I remember um, meeting Henry Louis Gates. I believe that that's his name. He's a well-known author and a, a professor of African studies at Harvard, I believe he is. And him and I were having a discussion and I was like, you know what? I wanted to do a project around black relationships and the adversarial relationships between black women and black men. And he said, if you can solve that problem, then you'll be rich. Really, because I I was thinking about it from a historical perspective, is that there ha- this country has always pitted black women against black men, and if if nothing else, on the basis of just economic development and finances. So black women, no matter what century we've ever been in, have been employable because we were we were able to take the jobs that white women were too delicate to do, like wet nurses and midwives and maids and. You know, housekeepers and rearing the children, the nannies, like we, we always became employable because white women were too delicate to do their own jobs in the home. Whereas black men were pitted against poor white men and so they were denied economic opportunities and they were denied the rights afforded of men so that they could actually, you know, raise, rear and protect their families. And so it pitted, I believe, and this is a challenge that I've had a lot of times with a lot of the guys that I've dated in the past, that I've dated a lot of men who just seem to have an underlying resentment of black women. Mm,
1: It's there. It can be there in some, definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that that too has a lot to do with my fight, my need to fight. And, you know, this kind of like that general thing or general thinking that as long as it's not physical... It's okay, cause I've never been in like a physically abusive relationship, but emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, verbally, mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah, oh yeah, which is so much more difficult to um, to recognize, and it can be. It, and there's a there's such a broader range of degrees, so it can be very very subtle, um, and or it can be very blatant. So it it and it, it's tricky, you know, the emotional piece is is tricky. Most:
0: Yeah. Okay, so uh, my professor once told me, or she told the class, uh, she asked us a question, which was, what was the one reason that relationships lasted the longest?" And everybody raised their hand and everybody had an answer. And the real answer of the question was that people chose not to get divorced. <laughs> like it was really as simple as that. It wasn't communication. It wasn't anything. It was just two people decide to be in it and stay in it no matter what. And so what are some of the secrets of a long lasting relationship that you cover in your book? Absolutely. And saying only what you mean. We tend to say a lot of things that we don't mean. When we're fighting, say what you mean. Pick. I've, I've had to learn in this this relationship to so pick my words very carefully. <laughs> oh God, it's so hard.
1: <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. When you've been conditioned, yeah, especially when you've been conditioned to just say say it right there on the spot. <laughs>
0: but just picking your words. Very carefully. (laughs) Say whatever comes out my mouth. I just say whatever comes out my mouth, but no. Yeah. And it can't be taken back.
1: That's right. That's right. But now, you know, when you're in a partnership, again, self-awareness, recognize that how you can impact, you know, your words have such power. Um, and, um, And we don't recognize how powerful our words can be. I mean, words can cut like a knife. They really can. And, you know, sometimes as women, we can we, we know how to cut people. We know how to slice and dice with the tongue, right? Slice and dice with the tongue. And but you live by the tongue and you die by the tongue. So you gotta be able to accept responsibility for the things that you say and when you care about another person, no matter how angry you are with them, you know, it's important to learn how to um, say things in a way that gets your point across, but without putting the other person on the defense and without adding more um, level of intensity to the conversation. Um, and that's a skill. I mean, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes work. But but when you're aware of it, that's the first step. And then you give yourself options. You know, once you, once you become aware of some of the things that you need to work on, now you're in a space where you can pick and choose how you might go about doing it versus that one way that you always did it that didn't really work well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to get something you've never gotten before. You have to do something you've never done before. Yeah. And I've had to, I've had to learn that with my family relationships as well in communication because my, one of my sisters, she, she argues with you like she's never going to speak to you again. Like she says things and I'm like, why is everything so catastrophic with you in an argument? Everything doesn't need to be the very last thing you're going to say to a person. Because you can't take some of that stuff back. Like she she likes to throw like word bombs out there. And it's like, you cannot take that back. And and just because you're willing or you want to resolve an issue, that doesn't mean that the other person is ready to deal with the, the the carnage that you leave behind when you say whatever you want to say out of your mouth without any consequences, like you have to speak in a loving and respectful tone, so much so that I had to ask her, like, do you want to be in relationship with me? Because the things that come out of your mouth don't say that. The goal of communication is for you to send a verbal or nonverbal message to someone else, and that the other person receives the message that you're, you're, you're trying to send. So if some the other person isn't receiving what you intended to send, then you may not be communicating what you need to be communicating, and you may not be communicating effectively.
1: That's correct. And if your goal then is to have that person receive what you're saying, then you need to speak a language that they understand or speak it in a way that they can receive it. And that's the responsibility of the communicator,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. But everybody don't know how to to, to listen actively as well. A lot of people listen to respond. I'm, I'm a listen to responder. So when you get me going, I don't even hear you. I'm just I'm 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 thinking of what I'm gonna say next. So I've had to learn to like slow myself down and actually hear what what they're saying. And that's the same partner. He hates it now because he's like I I don't want, I don't want you. This ain't no therapy session. I don't want you to be a therapist right now. And I'm like I'm. You don't understand that the therapy and the therapist in me is keeping me from strangling you right in this right in this very moment. You better be thankful for the therapy. But um, but yeah, like I kind of have to repeat to him what I think he's saying in order for me to like really hear him. And he like I said, sometimes he doesn't he doesn't like it. He says he does like it. But in the moment, it just aggravates the both of us. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what I'm going to say right now. Just pray for us, (laughs) y'all. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that I think that you brought up some some really good points, so, what other chapters are in the the book? I know that the when people are thinking more so about improving their relationships for some reason, they only think about romantic relationships and romantic relationships unless you're in a different space. That's usually only with one person. Improving all of the quality of all of your relationships is, to me, it's a larger work. So I don't know if I mentioned it prior before, but I started out as a relationship blogger. And I had a lot of good advice, I thought. uh, But after a while, I was like, maybe I should go back to school and figure out if I know what I'm talking about. And that ended up helping me to go back to school and become a, a therapist. And so after being a therapist and being in, in therapy myself, I realized that I wasn't equipped with what I needed to be in a successful relationship. And I, I decided to change my focus from helping, you know, single women with the rela- relationship advice, which was really just what te- me telling them what I thought that they should do based on what I would do, instead of now having proven scientific Methods and evidence-based practice to back up what I'm saying. So I I ended up going back to school, but I focused my 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 relationship work on all relationships first, self-love, and then everybody else. Because romantic relationships is just one small aspect of how we relate to the world.
1: Well, okay. So the book itself, honestly, is really more focused for intimate relationships um, because it does talk about forgiveness. But you're right. It can apply in all in in many areas of your life. But when you think about it, we're in relationships twenty four seven out twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Right? I mean, our, our relationship with ourselves is you know we're always in a relationship with ourselves. So how you relate to yourself and things that you do, you know, are you in a healthy relationship with yourself, and what areas might you be able to improve? We have relationship with other things you might not necessarily think about. Our relationship with food, you know. How do you relate to food? Are you in a good relationship with food or, you know, are there, is that an area that you also need to improve in? Our relationship with our finances. What's your relationship like with money? Um, what's your relationship like with fear? How do you handle fear? How do you... Relationship with anger, I mean, there are so many different ways that you can place things in the context of relationships and look at it from that um, lens and be able to, you know, dissect it and determine what you might be able to do better so that you can have a better relationship with those different areas of your life. I mean, you can – relationship with God, you know, when you're talking about spirituality, you know, how how is that working for you or is that a relationship you need to improve? Um, so Yeah, you can take relationships and you can walk down any particular path and make that connection and look at it from that context and be able to make changes based on that alone. And then, of course, we have our personal relationship relationship with family, relationship with siblings, friends, employees, boss, you know, relationships across the board. I mean, they are key to living a happy life. And honestly, the quality of your life is usually some way connected to the quality of your relationship. So if you have quality relationships and good quality relationships in your life, and not all areas because we're always going to have struggles and things that we need to do better, but if you can really create quality relationships in your life, then chances are you will have a fulfilled life for the most part. So um, I think that there's a direct correlation
0: there. And I agree with you. I think that a lot of people have very unhealthy relationships with themselves. I feel that a lot of people, they don't even keep their, their own word to themselves. A lot of people with that New Year, New Me motto and New Year's resolutions. And by around this time, they've usually fallen off of what they've resolved to do. Like I, I changed my diet in the new year. And I only told a few people because I didn't want to be held accountable if I actually didn't succeed. But I also did it in a way that I felt wouldn't restrict me. And I did it in a way that I felt that that would be successful with my lifestyle. I'm doing pretty good with it. But yeah, I, I think that that becomes a thing. A lot of us, we don't even keep our words to ourselves and we lie constantly to ourselves.
1: Yeah, relationship with self is key. and. I always tell clients, especially those that aren't in relationships, that maybe have had a series or a pattern of unhealthy ones, that you really need to create a healthy relationship with yourself first, meaning that, you know, you're able to really, I know it's cliche, but there is something to learning how to love yourself. Because what you'll find is the more you love yourself, the more you will attract people who will support you in that. So when you don't love yourself or you have things about yourself that you still need to work on, you have, you know, um, maybe some really bad self-esteem issues or you have a lot of self-doubt or you do things that aren't necessarily healthy for you, you're going to attract people that support you in whatever you believe about yourself. So if you don't feel good about yourself, then chances are you're going to attract people that that don't treat you well because you don't feel good about yourself. But when you do really have a healthy um, self-esteem, and I'm not saying conceited and arrogant and all that. I'm saying a real understanding of who you are and you have compassion for yourself and you know how to love yourself, then chances are you're going to support um, attract people that will support you in that view and be able to love you just as good as you love yourself. So I think that's important. To remember going forward when you're seeking relationships and when you're in them. Yeah. And be
0: uncomfortable enough to grow. Because as you as you start to change just your your view and your world view of yourself and as you start to improve in your self esteem and your self love habits, um, because it becomes habitual and the things that small Things that we need to do for ourselves every single day that improve how we see ourselves and how we treat ourselves, like treating ourselves with kindness, like speaking kindness into, you know, our relationships with what we say to ourselves. Because a lot of what we, we deal with when it comes to fear and insecurity is internal self-tape. Um, one of the best advices that I've, I got from a friend of mine was to be kind to myself. Um, Because I was very hard on myself and I was my worst critic. And she was like, listen, you're doing the best that you can. Be kind to yourself. And so um, when you start to grow and change, those old people that you just referred to that supported your old life, they are going to be uncomfortable with you changing. But that just means that they don't fit your new life and you may need to leave them behind.
1: That's right. Be willing to walk away if you have to. Yep. Okay, so where can they find your book? So it is on Amazon, and if they Google Relationship Recipes, Kim Knight, that's K-I-M-K-N-I-G-H-T, it should pop right up, and they can order it right there on Amazon. And it comes in both Kindle, and it comes in the um, paperback. I recommend the paperback only because there are exercises in the book at the end of each chapter. And, you know, the exercises that you can write in the book to follow or that you can just do on your own, but it's much easier to actually have the book and have the exercises right there for you to um, have in hand. But it does come in Kindle also.
0: And if you could give our listeners one tip for improving their relationship, what would it be?
1: Um, I would say being in a and paying attention not at t- and self- awareness and self-reflection. I think those can go a long way if you're open to really looking at yourself, both partners, being able to look at them, because you can't change other people, right? You can't change the other person. You can only change yourself. So looking at yourself, being self-aware, and being willing to be self-reflective, and then do what you need to do in order to stay committed and know that you're going to work together to make it work the best way you
0: can. And I think the, the, the one tip that I would give, that I always give with my clients and in my own life, uh, with the people that I have around me, is to ask your friends, your family, your partners, how can you support them? So I often ask, how can I support you in this moment if they're going through, through some difficult times, if they have um, emotional distress, or just on a regular day, just ask them, like, you know what? I've been thinking about you. I need to know how what I can do or is there anything that I can do in this moment to support you? And a lot of times a lot of people don't know how to answer that question because nobody ever really asks that question anymore. So even when I ask my clients, or if I ask my family or if I ask my friends, I usually have to ask them more than once in order for them to come up with an answer. And it recently happened to me. Uh, a friend asked me twice, you know what, I really need to, to sit down with you because I want to know how I can support what it is that you do. And I didn't have an answer for her. But what I said to her was we should meet up and we should talk about um, what my goals are. And then we can see how, you know, you can fit in to help me do what I'm trying to do. And she said, she said, cool. And so that gave me a little bit of leg room or wiggle room to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to figure out what I need in this moment so that I can get assistance. Because a lot of us don't ask for assistance. So, just asking the strong people, especially the strong people, especially the givers in your life, how can I support you on, and your partners? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's been great speaking with you as usual. Tell the people where they can find you online or social media or whatever.
1: Yes. So, they can find me. My website is K Night Counseling. So, that's K K N I T H T counseling dot dot com, and the, the email address is the same knightcounseling at gmail.com day as in night with
0: a K <laughs> alright so thank you for coming on again and you've listened to another episode of the Black Therapist Podcast once again I'm your host Nikita Banks licensed clinical social worker and this is Black Therapist Podcast formerly Black in Therapy if you are looking for any information any resources about today's show or if you just want to drop a line and say hey and subscribe to our mailing list you can do so at our website Therapy therapist podcast.com you can send us emails at black therapist podcast at gmail.com and if you enjoyed what you heard today please like comment share and subscribe because we want the show to grow as organically as we possibly can and we cannot do that without you thank you for listening be well